Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to episode 2 of Ten of the Chamber. This is City from the Future, and I am here to warn you that the outro of this episode is going to sound a bit weird, like it was cut short for no particular reason. Uh, but the reason for that is I originally intended for this episode to cover episodes 1 through 5 of Kill la Kill in this sort of big episode. But instead, I decided it would be much easier to release 5 episodes of the podcast per week each one covering a separate episode of Kill a Kill, sort of like a mini Netflix drop. So this week, episodes two through six of the podcast will cover episodes one through five of Kill a Kill, and next week is going to cover episodes six through ten, and so on. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I promise that I'll try not to have too many of these pre-show messages in future episodes, unless it's absolutely necessary. But enough of that, let's get right to the episode. Welcome or welcome back to Ten in the Chamber, a Studio Trigger retrospective podcast. Uh, if you're joining us from our Inferno Cop episode, thank you so much for coming back. If you are just starting with this one, thank you so much for joining us here today. And hopefully we will continue to have you as uh, as our wonderful audience going forward. Uh, my name is City, and I will be the main host of this show. And with me are two very wonderful guests that took time out of their day to watch the anime that we are going to be talking about today and are here right now with me to discuss it. Uh, so if you please introduce yourselves. Sure, I'm Marshmallow Goop, or just Goop. Um, I write about anime on the internet. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and we also have... My name's Rosetta Rabbit. I'm an illustrator slash artist slash wannabe game dev, and I'm the creator of Repurpose, of which Adrian... I mean, City here is a voice actor for. I didn't tell you to use my real name. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I put on this whole persona and everything, and you're just gonna go ahead and break kayfabe for it. That's wow. Dogs. I'm 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 offended. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> moving on from that, uh, the anime that we're going to be talking about. Uh, I'm sure you know of this anime. You may have watched it. You may have heard of it. Maybe you heard of it, but you never watched it until just recently. But we are talking about Kill la Kill. Not Trigger's first anime, but is the first anime that got them on the map that let people know that, hey, here's a new anime studio that's here to just blow your fucking socks off. And we're, we're going to come out strong and put this out. <laughs> and by golly, they sure did. They for sure did in this first episode that we're going to talk about. And, oh, God, already just this this whole scene, I just feel like I want to just completely gush about real quick. I'm, we're going to try our best to not, you know, do a whole recap of, like, the whole episode and the episodes going forward. Unlike the Inferno Cup episode, which those episodes are really short, so it's kind of easy to recap that. With this, we're gonna try to, you know, we'll we'll go over the, the, the synopsis of each episode and have discussions about anything that happened in it and, you know, how, how we feel about it. But just for this particular first sequence here, I, I cannot help but just want to break down 
what happens here because it's already a lot. It's such a good opening scene, to be honest. It's it's I I I consider it honestly to be probably the best cold open in any anime period, which is saying a lot. So we begin in this first episode with a teacher talking to his students about the beginnings of fascism in Nazi Germany, which is already just completely interrupted by the door literally bursting open and the largest man you've ever seen in your entire life coming out of the door (laughs) and making his presence very much known. And already just it just from this alone these first 30 seconds the intensity is already up to 11 it's just it's just wild just how how much kind of already happens in these few seconds not even a minute has passed you just hit the floor running <laughs> hit the floor running this large dude who announces his name as as ira gamagori just comes in and is saying uh, a student has has stolen school property we are looking for him in this classroom and this one very not (laughs) this one kid that looks very disheveled and nervous throws a smoke bomb and runs away but not before this very large man is chasing him but he's not running down the stairs to go chase him he literally jumped out of the window of the classroom and (laughs) you only just fucking because there's no running in the halls. He'd be breaking the rules. They're on the stairs. <laughs> it's not even the hallway. No breaking the rules. <laughs> it counts. This, so, this, so the student is running down the stairs, and as he's passing by the windows, the large man is falling as he's laughing as he's chasing him. He's having the time of his fucking life, and so am I as I'm watching this. And he meets the student by the door and just fucking yeets the fuck out of him onto the outside. <laughs> and we have this weird, not really a battle sequence, but we are using this this action sequence to explain uh, one of the several important factors uh, that's going to come into this show, which is about... Um, the, the Goku s- uniforms. The Goku uniforms, the star uniforms. And already we see that the student is wearing a one-star uniform, and he just looks completely different. He's like... He's, he's lost like like all like so much weight and he's like so fast that he can just dodge through all of his attacks which by the way the fucking gamagori has a whip <laughs> and he's and he is uh, trying to hit him but the kid is too fast and then uh it's the kid tries to go in for a punch but he's but he's stopped because oops gamagori has a three star uniform as we know <laughs> three is better than uh, three is bigger than one so obviously it's it's way better already. He's got abs of steel, goddamn boy. <laughs> and he just just kicks the shit out of this kid and just literally just strips him of the uniform that he just stolen. And he makes it well known to the students that are watching to not do this shit cuz you will get completely fucked up. And here we also are introduced to my favorite character of this whole show. It is the student council president, Satsuki Kiryuin, who delivers her very iconic monologue. And just, it's, I love her so much. The power that she exudes just from her stance, from how she projects her voice, the words that she's saying, it just exudes complete, utter 
power. And it's that, so true. That's such a such a perfect way to introduce that character. Already puts her into this antagonistic light. Literally just two minutes earlier, talking about uh, fascism, and we are already introduced to a character that is very much just the overwhelming powerful leader. And we quickly zoom out from from her, from the school, from this whole city that seems like it's built on this massive mountain. And we zoom out all the way to the pier where we meet our main character of the show, Matoi Ryuko. Or Ryuko Matoi. You want to be <laughs> Japanese, you say the last name first, you know, all that stuff. And, and she just says, so this is the place, Honoji Academy. And we cue in the main song of this show and the title card and just already this whole intro is just fucking amazing i love it so much oh yes it's, it's like get ready it, it's about to go down it's it's just gonna be a fun ride already just from these like first two to three minutes alone you understand what you're getting into with this show what the flow yeah. is gonna be and it's just it's a lot to kind of absorb for for some people but the way that the that the pacing is of it is just you know it's it, it works i think what's really interesting about this sequence is that our main character doesn't appear until about four minutes into it so really the, this intro sequence is i mean it does introduce her at the very end but it's more about setting the tone setting the stage um building an atmosphere so yeah so you know what you're getting into and personally speaking, I'm a really big <laughs> character person, and you do get some character moments in this, like Sasuke gets a really big character moment, but she's not the protagonist. Like, who am I supposed to be rooting for here? And we don't get that until the very, very end. So this sequence didn't draw me in that much personally when I first saw it. This was years and years and years ago, but I can I can say that it's really, it's phenomenal. It's really well done. Um, <laughs> it, it's just... Oh, yeah. It, it 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 doesn't waste any time. It has exposition, but it just does it so seamlessly. It does it doesn't feel unnatural in the way that they have that thematic connection with what the teacher is talking about and then what happens. It's just it sets the tone perfectly, and it's just it's really efficient. <laughs> I think it's really well done. Even if it didn't really like personally <laughs> get at me, I can recognize like, dang, you know that that's a really good sequence. I don't think there's a way I would have done it any different without introducing Ryuko at, at last mm -hmm. because it sets up what's the tone of the entire like school and the community and it shows Ryuko and it kind of implies to me like oh this is the person that's going to challenge all of that and like really turn things on on, on its head. Like, but I can see Freak coming at where it's like usually the main character is, is introduced like pretty like first or like soon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think uh, what Marshall was saying earlier about like how much exposition it kind of gives in like in that beginning, where it gives enough to where you understand what's happening pretty clearly, but also leaves enough uh, open spots for you to kind of wonder what kind of place is this? Why is this school literally at the top of this of this whole town? You know, how, why is the president like just seemingly like a power hungry like just ruling dictator? You know, what's what's the story here? Who is this girl that's coming in? Why is she coming to the school? It it, it leaves enough wide open that you that some people may just want to keep going just to see what happens. And I think that's yeah. kind of important. It's really 
I think it's really important to just leave enough stuff uh, in in the open, or or leave leave enough hanging in the air for some people to just stick around and kind of see what happens. There has to be something that kind of continues to draw you in as you watch something or as you're consuming a piece of media. If there's more that could possibly be be presented and you think there is, then you want to keep going and see what happens. Definitely. I have to agree with that. Yeah. And from this point forward, we'll kind of give general synopses of, of the episodes. Um, but of course, whatever stuff we want to bring up or, or anything we want to talk about, you know, just... Throw, just throw it out whenever whenever you feel like. Well, one thing I want to throw at is that I think this first episode is just really beautifully animated. Like, that first it really is. has fantastic yeah. animation. Um, the 3D, there is a, oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is a storyboard book you can get from Imaishi for this episode. Just this one. I don't think there's one for every episode. Um, but yeah. And you can really see all the work that went into this episode some something about like just the like the warm tones of this episode too like it it feels like a pilot episode if that makes any sense mm -hmm. it, 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 it is like the it is like the first episode usually um in production although usually in production at least like for american shows or cartoons or anything like that Usually the pilot episode is what would be presented to um, TV executives to see if they want to like continue with this show or idea or whatever. And something about just this this episode, like this first episode, just feels like a pilot. Like it is just establishes everything already just right off the bat. I don't know, like yeah. just how like it just kind of gives off those vibes. They also yeah. have a lot of the main staff on this episode. It's Nagashima that's doing the writing, and he does most of the writing. But we'll get to episode five where he's not the main writer for that, so that's interesting. Um, mm -hmm. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but it also has Sushio as the animation director, and it has Imaishi doing the storyboard. So it just has all their heavy hitters in this one episode. They're really putting like their best foot forward to show you what this show is going to be like what you're getting into and to entice you to keep watching more mm -hmm. personally um, it did not work for me which i guess we'll get to more when we get to episode five <laughs> but <laughs> i can i can appreciate you know well done art and i think that's what this is i also really like the look of kill a kill as a whole i feel like it has this older style to it when i first watched the show i knew nothing about it my friends just kind of introduced it to me i had no idea and when they put it on i'm like is this like an old 90s anime or something i thought it looked <laughs> older and i don't really know what gave me that impression now i think during this time in uh for anime which is around uh, 2013 when this came out uh, i think a lot of shows were starting to look a bit more cleaner in a sense lines are more clean yeah. the animation mm -hmm. feels like it just kind of has like this this like you know sort of fluid motions um but you know here comes uh trigger just bringing in like i think something that just looked a bit different than what was kind of going on at the time and you know there are definitely shows that that are a bit better at being like different compared to what a lot of uh, people might consider as like contemporary like anime mm -hmm. like i think we're still a little bit away from like the isekai boom that's uh that's about to happen i think it's about maybe like a year or two before we see more of those kinds of animes coming up but before then um kill i kill definitely stood out on its own especially compared to animes that have come out more recently 
Yeah, yeah definitely. I like on, I think in what the making documentaries that you you can get on the Blu-rays, um, they talk about how the backgrounds are all hand painted, and I think one of the artists talks about how he leaves in things like imperfections that normally he wouldn't, and so it does really have that rough feel to it. And the show is also um, really a love letter to old anime from like the Showa period. And so a lot of Kill Kill totally goes over my head. I, I guess, like, I guess maybe we'll talk about this more in coming episodes. But there's so many references to old anime in this show. Like, this first episode is a reference to Blazing, what is it? Uh, Blazing Transfer Student, I think it's called. And funnily enough, uh, Senketsu's VA actually voiced the protagonist of that in the anime. So that's fun. <laughs> Um, and and the mangaka of Blazing Transfer Student did a Kill a Kill crossover with Blazing Transfer Student that you can um, buy. So, I, <laughs> so that's fine. Yeah, I, well, I mean, the, the main inspiration for uh, for Ryuko, at least for how she looks and some of her personality mm-hmm. traits, uh, if I believe I remember correctly, was um, based on a um, on a old uh, show called uh, Sugeban Dekasaki. I believe that yeah, was the... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and this uh, first ending theme that, that we'll see in um, episode two is just a direct ha- homage to one of the Sukban Deka endings. So, yeah. yeah, they're definitely playing into that. So for yeah. those who don't know, Sukban is like, like girl boss. It's the original girl boss. <laughs> or one of the original girl bosses. <laughs> like yeah. literally. <laughs> so. I think the, the general like premise of that is that she's basically like a delinquent student who's also like a like mm-hmm. a student like a junior detective, I think. Was that like the general gist of it? I don't really know anything about it that much, but people online have put together a bunch of comparisons between it and Kill a Kill, and they could probably do a much better job than me, but there's a lot of similarities. Like, there's a red glove that Ryuko has, that the protagonist in Tsukabadeka has, a lot of the characters are similar. From what I hear, like, it's something I'd like to look into more, so I'm not an expert, but... <laughs> right. Yeah, like like I said, a lot of this show totally goes over my head because so much of it is references to things I don't know anything about. I'm not Japanese, I've never been to Japan, so there's just... <laughs> a lot of it goes over my head, and I, yeah. I recognize that, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, of course. As, as American viewers, we definitely have a different perspective on it than than a Japanese viewer would. I think they would kind of mm-hmm. have a bit more of a uh, understanding of the references that they are given, but thankfully, because um, Trigger is also very heavily inspired by American media and cartoons, you know, we oh, yeah, also definitely. we definitely catch on to that um, <laughs> a bit more than like uh, probably uh, Japanese viewers would. Yeah, fair enough. Like the light that you see when Sasuke first shows up, I think they call that JJ light, named after JJ Abrams. Yeah, <laughs> big lens flare. It's pretty funny. Yeah, which is so hard to Jeff. Like I make a lot of Jeffs. I pronounce it Jeff, by the way. <laughs> and so I make a lot of Jeffs, or I used to. I, I used to make tons of Kill Kill Jeffs. Like my my folder is it's like sixty gigabytes. It's humongous, and it was so yeah. hard to Jeff with those with those lights because it just totally screws up the quality when you <laughs> I was like darn JJ light <laughs> fucking JJ and your goddamn lights even fucking up animes this is bullshit <laughs> but, but, it, but it works very well for Satsuki then 
for yeah i mean it's it's a beautiful effect i just wish it 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 jiffed a little bit (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but i mean but satsuki and ryuko being just only a couple characters introduced but we are introduced to almost all of our main players here just in this first episode alone uh, of course, yep. we saw earlier with uh, we saw Gamagori, who is the disciplinary committee head of the school, and also all the other um, members of what we know as the Elite Four. Uh, that being Uzu Sanagayama, who is the uh, the head of the sports council. I think it is. Yeah, um, and we have Inamuta, who is the basically head of security, and Nonon Jakuzude, who is the um, the I think the the committee head of non-athletic clubs. Yeah, yeah, like that, that was yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but but she is like the basically like the music like club leader and everything. School I band. actually want to talk about them a bit. Well, I don't know because I don't want to get into spoilers. But yeah, I, had, well, I had a little I had a little bit of a hard time rewatching this more than I have in the past because those characters are are so cruel in these episodes and i have a hard time with kill the kill because and i think the first scene actually showcases this perfectly because it, it's kind of serious but it's not always serious it's kind of jokey like gamagori is laughing as he goes down the building like obviously that's silly it's over the top and it's like how much are you supposed to take seriously did sasuke really kill that kid or gamagori really kill that kid in the first episode that's been heavily debated on the internet (laughs) like like, who knows like how seriously are you supposed to take these things yeah i I think that that throws off a lot of people not just with (laughs) kill a kill but i think a lot of um trigger shows in general from this point going Mm -hmm. forward is that their their pacing is very just over the top when it needs to be but then also there are just some points of like you know time to take this serious and i think i think the show later on improves on like uh, shifting tones it's a little mm. bit more consistent i think going forward definitely first few episodes it's very all over the place yeah and we'll we'll talk about i, I can talk about that with four and five because that's such a tonal shift between episodes four and mm. five um but with this first one it, it was hard for me to rewatch it because the, the elite four and Sasuke are just they're just so mean <laughs> and like, I mean, they're it's like it's like I like being... these characters like like I don't want to get into spoilers I like these characters let's just say that <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, I mean okay. already introducing them as just sort of these like central antagonists mm-hmm. I think they mm-hmm. do a good job of making them seem very uh intimidating uh making them look like oh these are these are clearly like the the bad guys that we got to take down mm-hmm. before getting to head bitch in charge satsuki <laughs> yeah i mean I, honestly i'm i'm underplaying it by saying they're so mean because they're, they're they're literally dictators like that's what they, they are. are like that's, like literally they're, set they're, that they're, up. It, they're they're horrible like that, that's what you're supposed to get out of it yeah but I mean, it's so hard to watch like they're gonna dunk mako in oil <laughs> <laughs> i mean we, we already see it like um not just with them but also um with Ryuko walking through um, Honoji town oh, yeah. for the first time, and we mm-hmm. see that there's very clearly a class divide amongst oh, yeah. the the population because Ryuko's just going through all these these dirty, unkempt streets, and there are people digging through garbage. She's literally jumped by a gang of like ten year olds because see, you know because they, <laughs> they they're it's it's hard on these it's hard out here in these streets. You know, lemon stealing ten-year-olds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they have like they have like 
horrible weapons. Like the kids have like, so- like <laughs> they got like chains and like yeah, yeah. and saws and saws. Yeah, like you know, it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's so, exactly. Yeah, and then you're like, how seriously am I supposed to take this? But also, it, it's horrifying if you are supposed to take it seriously. Yeah, if you if you think more about it, yes, it's very <laughs> horrifying. Like you know, and it's yeah. just like, uh, but like you know, when as you're watching, I think especially people that are watching it the first time, they don't really kind of think about that at first and they're just taking know, things like, as, I, I think, as it's I happening think too hard yeah i think too hard about kill a kill totally fully admit it so <laughs> i mean you have a lot to say about it and that's why i wanted to bring you in just because you bring a perspective that's so unique to it i think compared <laughs> to just a lot of people that consume like not just uh anime but just media in general Oh, well, thank you yeah well i'm a total weirdo with how i see kill a kill and i think this first episode is actually a great chance to talk about that because like in my first essay i ever wrote for kill a kill this was like in 2014 it's it's, it's, it's a little rough <laughs> but i i described sasuke as the the, the second protagonist the dude ta- how do you pronounce it the dude track protagonist dude i don't know how to pronounce it you know i've never heard it pronounced but i described her as you know the second main protagonist and I mean, I think that's a big part of the show. Like her rivalry with Ryuko, it's a huge source of the show's conflict in the series as a whole. But personally, like what really got me into the series and like what Nakashima seems to think, uh, he's the scriptwriter, Kazuki Nakashima. He, he seems to stress that this was about, you know, a coming together of two different species i don't want to say too much <laughs> well, well we'll get we'll get to that we'll, we'll get <laughs> yeah, to, to yeah. um to, to to that when we when we get to it <laughs> yeah um, so it's like does the story start when ryuko first approaches sasuke is that the start of the story is that the inciting incident and this is a question that i've been struggling with you know that that i just rack my brain about about kill a kill <laughs> or is it when she meets I guess we could talk about it because it's the first episode. Is yeah. it when she meets Sankets uh, in her basement? Is that the inciting incident? Because I don't know. I don't know the answer. <laughs> like I have, I, I think I know what like Nakashima says, but I feel like, I, I mean, <laughs> I guess I could go into a little more detail. But like, I went to a panel, a premiere panel at KomuriCon a few years ago, and they were talking about how. <laughs> And they were, they were kind of talking about this, and it just seemed like there was a disconnect. Like, is it about Ryuko and Satsuki? That's what they seem to focus on at the premiere panel. Like, it's about it's about bonds between people, not bonds between people and aliens or whatever. But Nakashima seems to think differently. And, like, I can't speak for mm-hmm. these people, obviously. <laughs> but this is just what I've seen, like, from the statements I've put together. And it's just something I really struggle with. Where is right. the inciting incident? What is the heart of this show? And I can't tell you. Right. Like, I can tell I... you what I think and what personally got me into it, but I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I think the first episode, like, establishes that it just, it's just balls to the wall, f- just action and fun. And just, like, I'm small brain. I see things so- Things going fast. People, guy, guy just falling from the dang building. I go, this is fun. I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of appreciate that the second episode made it more clear that Ryoko is more a willing person who's using Setsenketsu. Because in the first episode, it doesn't feel that way. 
No, but like, very as, much soon as, not. as soon as the second one hits, it kind of makes it feel like, like yeah, she's going to use the the thing Senketsu to to challenge the dude. It's like, all right. Yeah, it's but like, all right, it, that's, that's a little it, better. The way, the way that the first episode, fortunately, frames um, Senketsu and Ryuko's uh, first encounter, not particularly not the best not not great at all admittedly as much as much as i love their relationship going forward and we'll you know we'll we'll get to how that evolves over time you know the first scene is not unfortunately work at all yeah back then and now well i think that also goes back to the tonal inconsistencies because it's not you're not supposed to take that like for what it looks like like no. it's supposed to be a lighthearted joke and i just think that is so counter to what it should be um because going forward i, I mean i guess it's not too much of a spoiler is it but like Zenkets really cares about ryuko like he would never want to hurt her and the fact that he is hurting her in this is- initial scene is just it's just it's really awful and it should be awful like he, he comes to really love her yeah. Yeah. And and it's just really sad. Like, I have a lot of problems with that introduction scene, but like I think it would have been a lot better received if it was portrayed as horrifying. And it's just it's right. not. And and that's sad. And like obviously if you can't forgive Senkets for, for that or you, you feel like you'll you'll never like him as a character because of that, I totally understand that. It's really distasteful and like I love Senkets. <laughs> but like I totally I totally understand if that scene was, you know, too much and it was just unforgivable. But I think yeah. it's just a real shame that it was portrayed in the way that it was. It's it's really sad. Like it's, it should be a sad moment for those two. Like that it's yeah, their relationship it's, started that way. Yeah. Especially when the theme song Before My Body is Dry references it, you know, immediately. <laughs> like right. like it, it should be a sad thing. I mean this yeah, I mean, and despite that whole you know, sequence being uh, and being uncomfortable, especially upon rewatching it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, did not age well. Did not age well. No, no, it did not. It's 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 hard to watch. Yeah. Um. And uh, but the first proper fight against uh, the first club leader that you guys to fight the boxing club leader um, already again is just setting uh, the stakes of what uh, of what to expect going forward. Or at least at first, at first with this episode, uh, we see Ryuko now in this very skimpy, scantily clad outfit that clearly gets a reaction from uh, from the students and everyone watching. You know that she's practically naked. As she uh, does not look too happy about wearing it. She's not. She's very much mm. embarrassed. She's blushing throughout this whole this whole encounter, and a lot of people may be put off by that other people may feel the opposite way about that we'll just say yeah it kind of feels like she's only doing this because she's just like i have to do this i have to do this even if i hate it i have to do this just, like I, I hate it i don't want to be naked but if this is what you know i need to do to get the power i need to to beat everyone up and you know find out who killed my dad i'll fucking do it something that kind of stuck out to me that really hadn't before is that um, Mako was going to be killed if Ryuko didn't step in and do something. And I I personally view Ryuko as a character who kind of has this, like, sense that she's no good for anyone, and I I mean, maybe that's a little bit spoilery, but but that she hurts people um, and she doesn't mean to. I also another thing that uh, that I at least enjoy about this episode is all the little touches they make for Ryuko's character to make her like even though she does appear as just like this badass girl, she's doing like mm-hmm. things her way. 
she does have care for for the people around her. Like oh, yeah, she does. Um, getting jumped by the kids in in the alley. She doesn't, you know, completely beat them up. Just kind of, you know, just knock them out. And when they basically beg for forgiveness, she's like, "Okay, I'm not. I can't yeah. fight people that you know can't fight for themselves." After a while, you know. And uh, also, when she took the bike from uh, from the delivery man to escape from uh, from that first beatdown she gets uh, from the boxing guy, the the man didn't want his deliveries stolen, so he's like, "Don't like at least leave the deliveries." And Ryuko comes back and leaves the deliveries and leaves. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then later, that was a and, cute thing. Yeah, and then later on, we see the bike is returned or it's it's a it's a um, part somewhere with a note from yuko that just says sorry for taking your bike <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so so that already establishes that despite ryuko kind of being this badass she has a heart and i think that's really important to establish early on yeah, yeah definitely like when i first watched this show i was really not into it at all <laughs> like it wasn't my thing it wasn't it wasn't super character driven and like now i see that there are little character things there but I mean, it wasn't enough to draw me in initially. But I really do love that the, that she leaves the note on the bike. That is so cute. And I actually watched this on Netflix because I was too lazy to get out my Blu-rays, <laughs> um, and I wanted to watch the dub, but with um, English subtitles for the Japanese script because I guess that's just how I watch things now. Because that way you can like mm-hmm. enjoy the dub, but like understand like what they might be adapting out of the dub or changing around a little bit so i just think it's interesting to compare but this show goes so quickly that it's kind of hard to compare but anyway (laughs) i felt like netflix cut out a lot of the subtitles like there wasn't a subtitle for that note and sometimes it just didn't seem like there were subtitles for things so i don't know what was up with that or it was just me (laughs) i don't know i was watching it on uh, crunchyroll um, I would. Yeah. I, I mean, I would obviously love to have uh, the the DVDs or the Blu-rays, but those yeah. are fucking expensive. Hey, you <sighs> can get it for a hundred sixty dollars for the whole thing now, so that's pretty Money. good. <laughs> Money. <laughs> Money. <laughs> like originally, those special editions sold for like three hundred dollars if you wanted all of them. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, but that's yeah. the whole discussion about um, translations and all that stuff. Which I mean, we'll we'll, we'll always touch on that. Well, forward. I love dubs, so the dub so is fantastic. I'm a, I, I'm a dub lover. If you've seen the "This Is Why the Killer Killed Dub Is Gold" video, that was me. So <laughs> <laughs> the dub is fantastic. Shout out, shouts out to uh, Erica Mendez. She's the yeah, perfect pick for for Ryuko in the dub. Just, oh yeah, I, I love the dub. I I mean, I don't agree with all the script choices they make, and I guess I'll get to that a little more later on. Not so much in these first few episodes. I think it's pretty solid, but mm-hmm. it's great. But I think overall they they do a really good job making it sound natural. It's a great localization. I really like the dub. I'd recommend the dub. <laughs> dub is yeah. fantastic. Even if yeah, mm-hmm. I know people are very anal as for for <laughs> one way of describing of, about <laughs> dubs and subs and everything, and just just enjoy your show however you feel like it's fun it's funny that um the the that the dub versus sub discussion is now mainstream because of squid game and it's, oh, just yeah. fucking, it's back in the light it's it's back in like this bigger mainstream light when when people that watch anime have fucking had this goddamn argument for <laughs> years at this point been and, over uh, this yeah and like at this point it's just like you know enjoy it however you feel like um of course depending on like what mm-hmm. you're watching you know some things that the dub misses might uh, or something some things in the dub script will may differ heavily from the subs you know and that that's kind of a case-by-case basis but for the most part you know i think people should just um 
watch and consume the content however they feel like. Yeah, I mean, when when you don't understand the original language, when you're reading the subtitles, that's an adaptation of the material too. A dub mm-hmm. is just another adaptation of that material. My philosophy is like I like I like translations that get to like the heart of the message and not necessarily translating things super literally because I think that's right. super awkward so i love dubs because they make it they really get to the heart of the message or you know what they interpret the heart to be which you know so you could debate about it all day but, yeah that's but i love thing. how natural they make it sound and like i'm gonna get an adaptation of the material anyway i don't understand japanese that well so i'd rather <laughs> or I, i'd like to you know not necessarily rather i like subs and dubs like i like both so mm. <laughs> no no hate <laughs> But like I'd I'd love to have uh, an adaptation where there's effort to make it sound supernatural, to make it you know more maybe more fitting for my language than a subtitle would. And like yeah. for a show like Kill It Kill, it moves really quickly, and I always turn on subtitles anyway. I'm a subtitler. That's <laughs> like, fine. Yeah. So that's what I that's what I do in life. <laughs> so I love <laughs> subtitles. So it's don't not a I don't it's not it's a fine. I don't like reading subtitles things for me. But for something like Kill It Kill, it it is nice to not have to read those subtitles. I mean, I'm, I'm this is obviously a privileged position to speak. Some people obviously can't hear or need subtitles for other reasons but yeah that's so, but like for something like kill kill i think it's great to not have to like the subtitles because there's so much going on so if you can call to action mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> ryuko uh beats up the boxing guy and she wins this battle and clearly states her her prerogative her mission objective to find the person who killed her father it was uh, stated before, but now this is like the the definitive like call to action. Mm. 